And we are back with the Hot by Happy Hour. I'm here. I'm your host, Quinn. We got the boys with us. We got Sammy. We got Kobe. What's going on, Sammy? Hey, man. Uh, working in New Orleans this week, so hopefully this podcast goes a little bit better than the last time. We did a podcast in New Orleans where it didn't quite hit the street, had some some technical issues. Uh, not smoking, not drinking right now. Just got back from a, from a late work dinner, so uh, didn't have time to stop and get anything. But I will give a cigar recommendation. Uh, one of my favorite cigars for, for an early morning or even a brunch cigar is called Spirit of the Lady. And it's got a little cocoa in it. And I'm not a big fan of anything sweet, no desserts or anything like that. But the cocoa isn't overpowering. And it's really, really good with a coffee in the morning, tea, whatever your beverage of choice is. Uh, fantastic cigar. So Spirit of the Lady, not too expensive. And if you want to buy one of those online, hit up our friends over at bestcigarprices.com. Use promo code SAMMYCLAWS, get 10% off the store. Again, for our friends over at Best Cigar Prices, hit them up, check out their website, buy something there. We'd appreciate it. Now, Sammy, if any of our listeners here had been at that uh, Fantasy Football Expo, I think there's a coupon they could use too. That's right. Uh, that coupon was 20% off, so even better deal than uh, the Sammy Claus promo code. So, uh, yeah, Expo was a, was a good time. We were handing out some Macanudos, some punches, had a good variety. I think we had 300 cigars uh, provided by, by our buddies over there at Best Cigar Prices and, you know, handed those out to the masses and had a little – had a couple beverages and a, and a good old time. Yeah, a couple. That's a good uh, modest estimation. Uh, Kobe, what's going on, man? <laughs> How's it going, y'all? Great to be back. Looking forward to, to hanging out with you guys for a little while. Drinking a classic tonight. Old Captain Morgan and Coca-Cola, a staple of the of my uh, my liquor shelf. Now, uh, Kobe, you bought one of my favorite beers of all time tonight. You're not drinking it tonight because you're saving it for a special day. Now, you gotta you gotta tell the people because I couldn't buy it tonight because my store was sold out. Because you bought the last fucking six pack. What beer did you buy tonight? It's, it's a stone woot stout. I, I'm not usually a huge fan of stouts, to be honest, but stone is stone. I'll drink anything from them. And it's, uh, what, 11.5% alcohol. It's uh, I've actually not had it yet. I'm saving it. I don't know why, but I'll let you know next time. Yeah, he's saving it for a rainy day. It's, hey, um, it's, it's made by stone, obviously. Now the Woot Stout, it's it's made in collaboration with a whole bunch of different people. It's a very special limited release from Stone. It's an annual limited release. I was happy. I I walked into my liquor store. They had a six pack. I should have bought fucking five, and I'm kind of disappointed I didn't. I only bought one six pack. And but it's made like in collaboration with Will Wheaton. If you've ever you know, if you, if you're not a Star Trek fan. Will Wheaton's from Star Trek. He was also in The Big Bang Theory. He was he's had some cameos in Family Guy. Stewie calls him Will Will Wheaton. Got to emphasize the H. Um, Wheaton. Um, it's also the art on the bottles, and and on the box itself is designed by a very prominent artist from both DC and Marvel. He's designed everything from Batman comics to the X Men. So like just an awesome complete collaboration uh, on the on the box like it advertises. It's like 
you know, this is any this is good for anything from geeks to beer geeks. So, you know, we I check off both. Kobe checks off both. It's a fantastic beer. And if you if you see it, buy it because it's not going to be around for long. Well, Kobe, the good thing, the good thing is if you don't drink this beer anytime soon, Stouts age so well. So maybe you should just hold on to it, lord it over Quinn that you've got it six months from now. Open it up, let him uh, let him know you're going to tear that six pack up for a night. So the one thing about Stouts is Stouts are heavy, and here in no Northern West Virginia, it's um, it's in the nineties today. It was in the 90s today, and it's still in the high 70s, and it's humid as hell. So I'm not touching that till it's at least in the like you know low 80s, 70s range during the day. It's it's hot. So hold on. Uh, hold on. You guys know, remember where I'm at right now, right? Would you drink a stout right now? That's right, New Orleans. Would you drink a stout beer right now? Hey man, I'm a trooper. I drink. Hey, it depends <laughs> on which one. But yes, yes, I would not yeah. be afraid to drink a stout. I, I literally drank a six-pack of that Woot Rush. Stout this week. You guys are stronger souls than I am, but that's besides the point. Man up. My bad. Sounds I'm like a- it. <laughs> All right, on to the show. We've told Kobe to man up, so we've hit our quota for the evening. Um, so what we're doing tonight... We're trying out a new segment, something that we're going to be doing into the regular season if it's well-received. We're looking at doing like a uh, a quick-fire segment that we're going to call Shots Fired. So we got our good old Shots Fired segment coming in for y'all. We're going to be talking 45 seconds each on this segment. And what we're going to do during the regular season of NFL football, it's going to be going over every game from Sunday night football. We'll be recording during Monday night football. So if anything wild happens during the game, you'll get a live reaction on Tuesday when the podcast goes live. So for tonight, we're going to be working on our shots fired segment. We're going to see how y'all feel about it. The plan for tonight, we're going to be talking preseason overreactions. We're going to go through some players. Um, If people disagree on whether it's an overreaction or not an overreaction then we'll do a shots fired 45 second debate if they agree we'll move on and then for our true shots fired segment we're going to be talking about the quarterback battles around the nfl we're going to be talking niners saints broncos those big qb battles where everyone's trying to figure out who is the guy you want to buy in on in fantasy because we don't know who the starter is yet so we got some stuff going on. We got a whole quick fire episode for everybody. Of course, we're going to have Sammy's number one bullshit. We're going to have our music moment. Everything that you expect is going to be here, but a quick fire episode coming your way. And let's jump right into it. Preseason overreactions. So we're going to kick it right off. So Callaway, he had two touchdowns in the Saints preseason game. Is he the Saints wide receiver one? And is he a startable wide receiver in fantasy? Sammy, overreaction or not an overreaction? Overreaction. Kobe. Not an overreaction. And here's why. Remember when Juju that year got voted team MVP 
even though AB was clearly the better wide receiver. He had he had more yards, he had more receptions, he had more targets, and he had more touchdowns. The fact of the matter is, is people are gonna see uh, Michael Thomas on the field, and they're gonna cover him with their with their corner one, possibly double covering him. Callaway, not only is he gonna end up with more targets because of that, he's also going to have all the deep targets because slant boy. Yeah, so I don't think two fluke catches make a uh, make a career, make a fantasy wide receiver. They were great catches that he had for both of those touchdowns. I got to see him firsthand in person. But in either case, do I think that's sustainable? A pass interference, one-handed catch, and a one-handed catch on the sideline. Um, you know that that th those are fluky type plays, and that's not again sustainable. So what I think is going to end up happening is Michael Thomas comes back, gets a massive amount of target share on the underneath passes, which. Callaway caught a lot of yesterday, and Callaway becomes the go go to deep threat. All right, next player, Pat Fryermuth. He's been fantastic in the red zone for the for the Steelers. Pat Fryermuth. He is the tight end one, and he is going to dominate in your fantasy lineup. Sammy, overreaction or not an overreaction? Overreaction. Kobe. Not an overreaction. So the big thing is he never dropped a red zone pass the entire time he was at Penn State. Ebron is drop prone. Ebron has not proven that he is going to be a viable tight end one in that on that roster. He just isn't. The Ben Fryermuth connection looked very similar to uh to one Heath Miller, who uh had a Steelers legendary career there. So I could see Fryermuth definitely being the wide receiver one. Sammy. Uh, no, no chance does Fryermuth dominate your fantasy lineup. Is he a serviceable and a viable option as a tight end? Sure, I'd put him somewhere around, you know, a, a high end wide or tight end two. But dominate is a is a pretty strong word, and I don't see that. Viable option dynasty, somebody to pick up and stash, absolutely, but. I don't, just don't see it here in the very near future. I'm with you, Sammy. I picked him up in our Dynasty League to stash. Next option. Which, will you please accept my trade? Absolutely not. Cam Newton. He's looked really good in the preseason. Is he a QB1 in fantasy? Will he be a viable fantasy option, Sammy? Yes. Yes, I think he could be. Dynasty, oh, sorry. Yes. Yes. Kobe, is Cam Newton a viable fantasy option? Cam Newton is a viable fantasy option. Overreaction, not an overreaction. As your backup, yes. Okay, so kind of agree on that one. Uh, Justin Fields. He deserves to be the starter in Chicago. He's QB1 and should be on your fantasy lineup because he deserves to be the guy. Sammy, overreaction, not an overreaction. Overreaction. Kobe. Not an overreaction. At every turn, he has proven that he is better than Andy Dalton in pretty much every facet of the game other than one experience. And this preseason is meant to give him experience. He's not going to be the starter week one, but by the time week five rolls around or after their bye week maybe um he's their starter 100 percent. he's the guy they drafted him in the first round they traded up for him 
that's the guy. That's who needs who need who you need to have on your team. And he's gonna have the legs under him to get the rushing attack. Sammy. Kobe, you're really bad at Kobe, you're really bad at this game. I, I agree hundred percent with the everything that you just said. The question was he should be in our lineup because he should uh he, he would dominate. No, I don't think that's gonna be the case because I think it's gonna take six weeks or so before he gets in. So again, it's somebody I'd have on my team. I'm a really high on Justin Fields. Everything that he brings to the table between the arm, the legs, uh, big fan. But right off the bat, no. Moving forward, absolutely. But did he say dominate or did he say he deserves to be the guy in Chicago? What'd you say? I, I said deserves go to back be to the, the guy judge. in Chicago. That was the term I used. Mm, I heard the wrong. Eh. Fair enough. But all right. <laughs> I think, I'll, I'll I think both of y'all are right. He's going to be in around like week four or week five, and he will be really good when he gets in. Like I said, like Sammy said, though, just like Pat Fryermuth, he's draft stashed in our startup <laughs> league that we all three have together. Next guy we have Terrence Marshall is the wide receiver one in Baltimore and should be in your fantasy lineup week one. Sammy, overreaction, not an overreaction. Overreaction. Kobe, overreaction, not an overreaction. Overreaction. All right. Overreaction. So we, we agree on that one. Everyone says overreaction there. Malcolm Brown, he has won the wide receiver. Or, sorry. Malcolm Brown has won the running back job in Miami. Sammy, overreaction, not an overreaction. Overreaction. Kobe. Overreaction. All right. We agree there. Now. The next one, the 49ers wide receivers just as a whole, and we're going to mainly talk Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, a little bit of Muhammad Sanu. They can't fucking catch. Overreaction, not an overreaction. Sammy. Not an overreaction. Kobe. Overreaction. The reason it's an overreaction is because they're working with two quarterbacks. They have two different, like, it's two different throws. We're like different velocity, different the way it wobbles or doesn't wobble, and different placements. It, it's two different quarterbacks. You're trying to play with two, and it's hard to pinpoint the one. You almost have to pick your favorite, but then you're taking sides, and so you're just trying to catch every ball that comes at you, and it's coming at you at different speeds in different places. So that that tends to happen when there's a quarterback battle. It's not. <laughs> Yeah, I've never, I've never been high on the the 49ers wide receivers, and and I've said that probably for the last year, year and a half. Um, I think that that it's pretty telling with the offense that they run, so run dominant, and you could say that's a Mike Shanahan thing, but so run dominant to go, they don't get their wide receivers involved like he used to, back in, uh, or I said Mike Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan, back in in Atlanta. Uh, and then they run the receivers so much, I just don't think that they're good pure wide receivers. Are they athletes? Absolutely, but. So I'm kind of on the fence with both of y'all. Um, I kind of, I, I like both of y'all's points here. Uh, I, I'm with Sammy on the fact that they're not game-breaking wideouts, but I'm also with Kobe in the fact that you can't, you can't take too much off them not being able to catch for, from two different throws. Uh, my favorite story, so my dad, you know, me and my dad used to pl 
used to catch football all the time out in the cul-de-sac. Um, and what was interesting is, so I'm left-handed. My brother's right-handed. When my brother finally got old enough to be able to throw a football and like, you know, like chuck it across the court when me and my dad were playing catch as far as possible. Um, my dad let the very first pass from my brother just hit him in the chest because it threw him off that the ball was spiraling the opposite way. Because all he'd seen come into him for the past five years was a ball spiraling from a left-handed pass. So it really can throw you off if someone else is throwing the ball. So I get that as well. Now, I think we've made a lot of good points here. Quick fire is going well. So we were doing 30 second each debates there. So now from here, we're doing QB battles around the NFL. We're going to do 45 seconds each to talk who you think is going to win this QB battle, who you think. And now when I say win this QB battle, I'm not talking throughout time. I'm talking who is starting week one this season. Who is starting week one this season between this QB battle? You got 45 seconds to drive your point home. This is why this guy is going to start week one. We're going to start with Kobe here. We're going to talk Trey Lance versus Jimmy Garoppolo week one. You got 45 seconds. Go. I think it's Trey Lance all the way. And it's pretty damning that Kyle Shanahan won't come out and say, I'm going to start my veteran quarterback that I'm paying. Uh, an astronomical amount of money. The fact of the matter is, is they're both making kind of the similar mistakes when they're making them. So who do you take? Do you take the vet that's in the league for what his seventh or eighth season that's making rookie mistakes, or you take the rookie that's making rookie mistakes and has huge upside, and also in a run-heavy offense has the, has the significantly higher athletic ability to be the run guy, to be the option guy that Shanahan seems to want. It comes down to upside. I think that you you're have a similar uh, caliber offense with both quarterbacks to take the guy that's going to progress higher. <laughs> yeah, if you if you had asked me this two weeks ago, I would have told you without a doubt it was Jimmy G. But I've I've changed my mind. Uh, Trey Lance has has shown an ability that I didn't expect here in the preseason to grasp and play to the level uh, that are, that's required in an NFL offense. He's big, he's strong, he's athletic, he's got a good arm. Uh, the decision-making will come, uh, and, and that's not too big of an issue, but just his overall performance has been on par with Jimmy G. So exactly what Kobe said, why would you start Jimmy G if you can get the same productivity out of your rookie quarterback and groom him for the future? Is he gonna make mistakes? Sure, you deal with him from the rookie, you don't wanna deal with those same mistakes from the vet. And real quick, no, no, y'all are out of time. Sorry, You're um, out of time, Kobe. <laughs> uh, the, my bad. the one point that I would have that I would have loved to see either of y'all make that I'm gonna make here is Kyle Shanahan ran a really good offense with a mobile quarterback in the past. His name was Robert Griffin the third, and he ran it with him when he was in Washington, and that offense was insane. And I could see him doing the same thing with. Are with Trey Lance. The next QB battle we have, you would, much like the other one, you would think it's over and done with, but coaches aren't willing to make a call yet. 
we got Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston. Who's winning that QB battle in New Orleans? Who's starting week one? Sammy, you were at the game. You got to see it firsthand. Who's winning that QB battle? Same thing. If you had asked me two weeks ago, I would have said Taysom Hill, but there's no way. Uh, we all saw the, the quarter and a half that Jameis put together was pretty impressive. It was impressive to see firsthand. I'll tell you what the biggest reason, Jameis, why the biggest reason Jameis is going to start week one is. The fans would lose their mind. It was very, very obvious in the stands that they were Jameis Winston supporters, even before the game started. Now, if you go back to the first week of preseason, Jameis outperformed Taysom with the twos. So he did it again with the ones. I think it's a lock. It's over. There you have it. Kobe, what you got? Kobe, what you think? It's it's Jameis Winston all the way. And the fact of the matter is, Taysom Hill is a great athlete. Jameis Winston is a former number one overall pick. He's one of exactly eight NFL quarterbacks to ever throw for 5,000 yards. Seven other guys have done it. Period. That's it. So that Bruce Arians 30 interceptions, that's kind of how Bruce Arians coaches. That's how Tom Brady was for the first few weeks before he told Bruce Arians, I'm going to call the plays now. That's how uh, ben Roethlisberger and every other quarterback Bruce Arians has been, has been with it, until they tell Bruce Arians, I'm going to call the plays because I'm comfortable in this scheme and I'm the veteran quarterback. You're going to do it. All right. Last QB battle. We're going to go over here. This is the one that is still kind of a question mark. I don't think either one's ever truly set themselves apart from the other. We got Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke in denver kobe who have you got i don't know because like you said nobody has really shown themselves to be the number one guy in which case i would probably say go with drew lock because he's the one that has the rapport with the with the receivers better this will be his second year with the offensive coordinator teddy bridgewater is coming into a new scheme day one so I say go Drew Locke. Stick with your guy until he, until Teddy Bridgewater proves that he is better, until Drew Locke proves that he is not the guy. Sammy, hopefully with more of a concrete opinion, what do you got? Yeah, I've always liked Drew Locke, um, and I know that's a contrarian opinion. I think Drew Locke starts. I don't think that Teddy Bridgewater brings the upside that you see from Drew Locke. Drew Locke has the physical tools, it was all mental. And again, he's a third year quarterback. You got to give him time. Uh, there's nothing that Teddy Bridgewater physically brings to the table that's better than what Drew Locke can do. So ride your guy. If he comes to the point where Drew Locke just isn't cutting it, you've got a steady backup that you can put in. You don't need Teddy Bridgewater to start week one. If it comes to that, you could do it anytime down the road. There you have it. You got a quick fire thoughts on the QB battles. You got a quick fire thoughts on these preseason overreactions or maybe not overreactions, depending on the thoughts you got, you know, who you should be buying in on, who you should not. If you're iffy on each, you know, you got your thoughts from each guy here on if they disagreed on it and you're like, should I buy in? Should I not listen to each guy's thoughts? figure out what you want to do based on their points they're making but it's time for 
personally my favorite segment, and I hope it's yours too. It's Sammy's number one bullshit. Number one bullshit. Oh, number one bullshit. Hey, thanks, Quinn. So my number one bullshit this week is why is every NFL stadium not like the Superdome here in New Orleans? That place is awesome. It was a third capacity last night. They have some some requirements down here where you've got to have a vaccine even to get in. It's going to limit a bunch of people. It's a preseason game, so you know most people aren't going to care anyway. I got free tickets from a coworker, so I decided to take his tickets and, and watch it. That place is electric even during a preseason game at a third capacity. People are dancing everywhere. People are dressed up in costumes nonstop. It is the best atmosphere I have ever been to for an NFL game and probably the second or third best atmosphere I've been to in any football game, college included. It's awesome. I love the Superdome. It's bullshit that not every NFL stadium is like that. Yeah, so I just want you all to know right now, I introduced this segment. Sammy was like leaned back in his chair with his hands behind his head. I said something about Sammy's number one bullshit. I don't know if I've ever seen a man sit up so fast. He was so <laughs> excited for this. I was excited. And I love that because this segment should be legendary. It's Sammy's number one bullshit. We're not talking number two. We're not talking number three. It's like Taiwan number one, baby. You ever played PUBG? Taiwan number one. Pick number three, my lord. Number um, one bullshit. That's number one the, bullshit right there. The, that's the number one bullshit. Now, I'm gonna say, clearly you've never been to Hinesfield when a ref throws a flag. I've been to Hinesfield when a ref throws a flag. I watched <laughs> my fucking team shit on your team with the greatest comeback I've ever seen in person. And no one was happy you, except for you, this one guys are missing. small section that I was in of this powder blue, baby. You've also never seen Heinz. No, you guys are you guys are missing the point. I don't I don't mean like the, the craziest fans or the most over the top fans. I mean the best party atmosphere. Why is every place not like that? Like they just go in there and they're there to have the best time of your life. They play music after every single play. Some stadiums do that, not everyone, but they, they play this shit and just want people out of their seats dancing. And we looked around the stadium, or around the Superdome, and I would say 75% of the few that were there were up and dancing in the aisle constantly. I just love that place. It's the fourth game I've been to there. I love it, Superdome, sweet. You give me a number one Sammy's bullshit all over again. I gotta say, if there is and I'll tell you, two places. On. One last thing, when they do, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, if there's two places I want to go to a game, it's one, I want to go to a game at the Superdome for the in-stadium atmosphere. And if the second one is, I want to go to a game in Buffalo. And the worst part is, I had tickets to go to the Chargers-Bills game in Buffalo, and they fell through due to COVID. But I had tickets to go to that game because I want to experience the pregame Buffalo-Bills atmosphere that is so legendary. I think... From a pregame atmosphere, the Buffalo Bills reign number one, and an in-stadium atmosphere, you can't beat New Orleans. Dude, when they do, at the beginning of every game, before opening kickoff, they do this chant, which reminds me of college football, and it's, who dat, who dat beat them Saints, and the entire place is shaking 
because every fan there is yelling. It, it gives me goosebumps right now thinking about it. It is, it's, it's spectacular. It is one of the coolest things before a game. I love it. I love. I'm a big fan of the city anyway, so maybe I'm biased. Hey, I mean. Hey, can I can I give? You can't be, beat the Super Before we move on, can I get can I give one take? You can't. Can I give one take from the game that I thought was really really interesting? So my buddy season tickets are about 15 rows up in the end zone, right on the hash mark. So I'm basically in the middle of the field in the end zone, and every single touchdown was scored going the opposite way for me, which is fine. But it allowed me to see what the quarterback was seeing, and I saw multiple throws from Trevor Lawrence that were atrocious. Like, guy not even close to being open, just throwing a, a random jump ball that is just blanketed in coverage, and the decision-making was just, it was bad. It was really, really bad. And it would be concerning if I had Trevor Lawrence in any of my, my, my leagues, because yeah. I was not impressed with how quickly he was processing information. I've actually, I've watched both Jaguars games because one ETN who, you know, rest in peace on this season. Um, the other being, yeah. the other being Trevor Lawrence. And I have been between the Browns and the saints games, been very disappointed from what I've seen from Trevor Lawrence. It seems to be that if he can't hit a jump ball to Marvin Jones, he can't hit anything. And I would argue that Marvin Jones isn't his best jump ball guy. He has DJ Chark there who's bigger, taller, faster, more athletic than Marvin Jones. I just, I don't understand what's happening there. And I don't know that Lawrence does either, which is concerning. Well, and that's, it's really damning that Gardner Minshew, old Uncle Rico, is splitting first team reps. It, Sorry, you did not just call him Uncle Rico. <laughs> I call him, exactly what I called him. Hey, he could throw a ball over the mountains, let me tell you. How much you want to bet? <laughs> I'm fucking but, dying. <laughs> but the, my point was, before Quinn rudely interrupted me. Dick. Fuck you. <laughs> my point was, Gardner Minshew, uh, a former six-round pick, whenever you took Trevor Lawrence number one overall, splitting first-team reps, tells me there's something wrong. And I wonder if it has to do with Trevor Lawrence pretty much having one of the best uh, uh, rosters in college football in Clipson. And and I don't think he's adjusting to the speed of the game well enough. Because every single team he yeah, plays I think... is better than Bama in the NFL. So I think there's, so I think there's two points. Well, I, actually, I'll, I'll start with something else first. I Lawrence play all he was until half and then since you started the second half though i'm not 100 percent sure but that's what it seemed like from the stadium so i think he did get more first team reps yesterday i could be wrong 100 percent, but I, I, it didn't seem like that but well, me, exactly what you just said with this with the, okay the, the speed of the game it, i agree with but the other thing it could be is that urban meyer's scheme getting translated into the nfl one it could be people not knowing it yet because it's a new coach or two, it could take some time for him to figure out what's actually going to work when you're playing against an NFL defense and not a college defense. I, I think there may be something to that because there was at least one and you're right. It was a jump ball to Marvin Jones and uh, at the front edge of the end zone that it was almost like the receiver stopped and Trevor Lawrence is scrambling and he's trying to figure something out. Um, 
again, I would have just thrown it away, but um, he tried to force it in there, and that was the bad decision. But it looked like they didn't know what to do at that point, and that's that's not good. Yeah, I, I'm kind of with Sammy. I would give the Jaguars – I give them a one-year adjustment period. That That's about what I would say. If they haven't figured it out in a year, fuck them. Fuck the whole franchise as you've done since they came into the league in the first place. So I, unless you bought in on David Garrard that one year that they were decent, outside of that one season, fuck the franchise. Hot buy this week. That's my hot buy. It's a hot sell. Fuck the Jaguars franchise. Hot sell. Yeah, hot sell. Fuck the franchise. All right. Hot sell, hot garbage, Jags. Yeah. No? yeah. It's hot shit. It's hot shit steamy right out the ass. Jaguars franchise. Sorry, Jaguars fans. Deal with it. Your franchise is hot steamy ass. Um, <laughs> oh, God. We're going to get what you got. All right. What I got is an outro. So, so what we got here Sammy where can they find you at man yeah hit me up on twitter at Samuel underscore Gordon talk about cigars bourbon eh, not really bourbon don't do bourbon scotch um, fantasy football anything else you guys want to talk about other than bourbon then uh, we'll be good there you go so hit oh, up you Sammy Quinn. for anything other than bourbon you can hit me up at Q uh, Quinn underscore Cusky <laughs> um Guys, you know, on Twitter, you want to talk fantasy, you want to talk gaming, you know, whatever. I'm I'm down to talk about fucking anything. You want to talk about bourbon? I won't know what the fuck I'm talking about, but I'll communicate with you about it. Um, but if you want to follow me on Twitch, make it to make some, it, bro. That, that's what I'm saying. You know, hit me up on Twitch. I got you know we're we're streaming Madden fairly regularly right now. Uh, Madden 22, you know. You know, watch some high-end gameplay. I've been ranked in the top 50 for a reason. I know what I'm doing on that game. You're trying to learn the game. You know, maybe pick up a few things watching a stream or two. Hit me up, Pens1206. P-E-N-S-1206. Hit me up there. Kobe, where can they find you at? You can find me at, at BeefGarbon36. That's uh, G-A-R-B, as in boy, I-N, 36. Uh, in homage to my favorite player of all time. Jerome Bettis and most of what you're going to see is fantasy football or just bad or or uh, angry takes at uh, football in general I'll t- like like Quinn I'll talk about anything I, I'll give you a thumbs up for some bourbon that's about all I got but you want to talk anything I'm happy to talk about <laughs> now, what I will say is uh, you know if you were here a few podcasts ago Kobe didn't even have a Twitter I got to say, this man has been killing the Twitter game. If you've been following him on Twitter since when he finally made one, he's killing the game on Twitter. I've been so happy with him and what he's been doing on it. He's way more active than I am. So, you know, shit, he's more active than Sam. He's killing it. Speaking of Twitter, I do have a poll out there. Which one is the bigger overreaction? Callaway is going to lead the receivers in touchdowns or Fryermuth is going to lead all tight ends in touchdowns. Which one's a bigger uh, overreaction? Check my Twitter. Again, it's at BeefGarbon36. Go vote. Right now, Callaway has the slight edge as the bigger bullshit, I guess you could say. Yeah, so there you have it. Hit us all up on Twitter. 
vote on Kobe's poll. He's got some shit going. It's going well. I'm, I'm so happy with how his Twitter's turned out. We got a music moment for you. We got some Hailstorm back from the dead. It's their brand new single. It's fucking fantastic. If you haven't listened to any Hailstorm, what have you done with your life? But Lizzie Hale, gorgeous and a great singer. Can you go wrong? Back from the dead. Here it is. We're out. Peace. Later, fellas. Later.